we're back. Uh, week two, <laughs> NFL season. Um, we had a tough day on Sunday. Uh, the Patriots started out looking real sharp on the opening drive, but we fall to Miami 20-7. to seven. Um, We're going into this week looking at Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, I mean, what are your initial, you know, initial thoughts? How are we feeling this week? 20-7 to seven loss to Miami. Concern. Uh, Tua did not play a good game. That guy is not very good, by the way. He's not uh, good, but he doesn't like. He just has a way of not killing them, and like he finds a way to make the the necessary third down throws. They're not great, but he finds the right guy often. Yeah, but I hate that. This isn't a team where you need a quarterback not to kill him. You know, this isn't the what the two thousand two thousand Ravens. Oh no, against us. Well, God help me. But this isn't the freaking Ravens of the Ray Lewis, you know, Ed Reed era. You know, this isn't the the, the John Gruden Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brad Johnson, you know, where the quarterback just needs to manage the game. The Dolphins aren't that great of a team. They don't have a lights out defense. They don't have an unbelievable rush game. They took care of business. And I, I thought Tua played absolutely dreadfully. I didn't think he played a good game at all. I thought our defensive line did an amazing job taking care of him. But at the end of the day, we lost by almost two touchdowns. Uh, I have some real concerns that we're going to dig a little bit deeper into. What are initially? What are your thoughts? You know, your knee jerk reactions to that? Um, my knee jerks from the game are um, that our offense is stunningly vanilla, um, and that causes a lot of problems um, when you really they're just generic. They and and it takes so much effort to move the ball down the field, and they can do it, but when when the only way you score is a 12 to 15 play 8 minute drive uh it leaves you no room for error so if you if you commit a penalty if you give up one sack because of a blown blocking assignment the drive is over oh, and so what about throwing up a 50-50 ball into the end zone after a you, great when you first throw drive up a, if if you're a team that cannot overcome a, any loss any mistake you know, like we we talk about that they looked really good on the opening drive, but you throw a pick and it's just the walls come tumbling down. You know air what I mean? Came, the air, I mean, it wasn't even in New England, but you could feel the air come out of the stadium for all of New England. And you look at a lot of the other teams around the NFL and they can overcome things like that because they're so explosive. And we don't have that explosiveness to, if we're down 10, it feels insurmountable. Um, and that's a scary exactly. part of this. We'll go into detail about the offense, but my initial reaction is I love the way the defense played. I have some nitpicks, but I, I like mm -hmm. the way the defense looks. I actually like a lot about the offense, but um, it, it just feels like a huge hill to climb every time we have the ball. You nailed it. We don't, I mean, I feel like we, I feel like a broken record the last couple of years. We're not explosive. We're just not an explosive ball club. Uh you know, Tom Brady never had the most rocket arm in the league, but that guy played explosively. You know, he could – we don't utilize – I feel like we don't utilize the slot receiver nearly as much as we used to. That was our bread and butter for – that was our basically Patriot football for a very long time. Was, you know, we had three, four guys come through that were just absolutely stunning at playing slot receiver, playing over the middle of the field. We'd utilize tight ends. And because of that, we could take the top off from defenses oftentimes. We don't have any of that anymore. We don't have a deep play. We don't have a deep ball threat. We don't have a real good possession tight end right now. All right. You can make that argument all you want. We just don't. The numbers don't lie. And we're not utilizing any slot receivers anymore. Our, our offense, like you said, it couldn't be more vanilla. I get we're predicated on grinding it out on the run, but when you run, you know, first down, you're, you know, you run for one yard and all of a sudden you got second and nine. We're not set to make those big plays. We're not set to or be making first down. You throw plays. a deep incomplete pass too. I mean, wh mm. when this team throws an incompletion on first down, they're in so much trouble. It's if we get second along, it's over. And like you said, if we even f f think about having a holding penalty, consider the drive stunted. Yeah, we that's cannot. what scares me. That's what scares me about this team. And you pointed out a thing that I I absolutely think stands out right now. Looking at them, is the the Patriots' bread and butter. Their, their saving grace over all of these years has always been the ability to, on any third and five to third and 12, to hit those crossing routes to slot receivers and pick up those first downs over and over and over, whether it was Troy Brown, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Edelman Amendola, and, and also some of the backs, James White. Um, 
those guys' ability to pick up those first downs and the play calling ability, the, the, us having those route combinations to get them, um, I just don't see that. There was no easy plays out there. Um, and I think Jacoby Myers is that guy, but he's not playing that role. Uh, and uh, and we can go into why that is, but that's one thing that I think really stands out is how hard it is for this team to get first downs. We don't have those easy plays. Um, and what, let's get let's save this for a minute. Let's go into a couple of the headlines, yeah, and we'll come yeah, back to yeah. breaking down the offense. Um, one of the big headlines is what's going on with Kendrick Bourne. Um, let me just give you a little clip first of all. Over the offense. Jones coming deep on this side of the field, and he's got a man open. That's complete. Caught. Boy, did that look pretty, huh? Well, Boy. I would have loved to see more of that on Sunday. Talk about explosive plays. That's the only thing we even remotely saw all day. As one of his, what did he play, two snaps? Kendrick Bourne played two snaps on Sunday. Um, that was the second of his two snaps. Um, he picked up a 41-yard catch, by far the most explosive play, by far the most separation we saw a receiver get. Oh, by a mile. Day. Um, he clearly wanted it. You know, I don't know what was going on. We Let's briefly. So the story is apparently – there's, he's been a little disgruntled. He's had a little back and forth with coaches and whatnot. Then in training camp, I guess he was late for a meeting after he got in that fight on the field with Carolina. And he's been, quote unquote, in Matt Patricia's doghouse. Mm -hmm. um, uh, frankly, I don't care. Uh, this team doesn't have enough explosiveness to be punishing a guy like that from a thing from a month ago. He, To me, he seems like a guy with a great attitude. I love Bourne's attitude. Who knows he behind the scenes, but. He was brought over from San Francisco as a, a locker room presence. They said he was a pretty good leader, pretty good guy in the clubhouse. He was just a really likable dude. They say he was kind of a Bill Belichick guy because he's so likable, but also does the work on the field. We signed him to a decent little deal. Like, you know, we don't give out huge contracts very often. And when we do, it's to Nelson Aguilar. So don't ask me about that. But we signed him to a three-year, about a three-year, $15 million deal. Pretty, pretty guaranteed. That's, that's not a small deal, especially to a wide receiver in Bill Belichick's tenure. We brought him over to be a relevant piece of this offense. And we're seeing the same thing we see over and over again. The same thing happened to Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl against the Eagles when we got absolutely Matt shredded. Patricia. Yeah, Matt effing Matt Patricia. Patricia is a thin-skinned dude. Um, and, yeah. you know, we can say what, whatever about – there's a whole other topic to talk about about it, him being the offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. But the idea that he is going out of his way to bench a player like that is if that's the case, is infuriating to me. Um, it's, an, it's an ego thing. And you saw it when he went over to Detroit when he's telling reporters to sit up straight during their press conference after a loss. Uh, it's it's an ego thing. Uh, this guy clearly thinks a high amount of himself, which is fine. Uh, you just wish Bill Belichick would reel him in just a little when bit. When he because, told that dude to sit up. Dude. <laughs> sit up uh, and show me some respect. Sit up and show Matt. me some respect. Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay, Matt. Yeah. You'll, yeah. Same, same deal with Kelly at LSU paying his fine for being late. It's like maybe win a game first dog. Yeah. Uh, everyone's getting tired of it. And I hate to say it. Uh, everyone's getting tired of the shtick. Even uh, Robert Kraft uh, reports coming out today that Robert Kraft is intervening. And you know, this is Kraft. He does not have a day to day say he, he, he is a, one of the best owners in the league. He lets them do their job. Even this dude's coming in saying, you need to play this guy. He is a he is a, a, a very important part of the offense. Without him on the field, we are not nearly as explosive. We are not nearly uh, as dynamite as we could be. Uh, we saw it, like I said, with Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. He's seen this play before, and he does not like the way it turns out. And I think the fan base can agree. For once, we need to stop holding this unrealistic standard to some of these players and feel the winning ball club because you don't have Tom Brady to, 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 to have your back anymore. We He's just we have to have the best players on the field period. Um, and if that's an issue like that behind the scenes, have a meeting, have a talk, come yeah. figure it out with each other. Um, Devonte Parker played every play of that game and had one catch for nine yards. Uh, I saw someone say he did his best Nikhil Harry impression. Yeah, we're in number cool. one. Um, and I'm not going to hold that against him. Xavier Howard locked him down. I hate that we threw it Xavier Howard at all with what they have at their other corner positions. Well, well don't, don't forget about that nice little pass interference that went uh, uncalled in the first drive. Yeah. But God, we just fell apart after that. But, um, Kendrick Bourne mm -hmm. 
clearly Mac Jones has a connection with this guy and we're trying to make it work. Like we want Mac Jones to develop and be comfortable. That's the guy he's comfortable with. And I want him on the field. And hopefully it sounds like there was a uh, t- stealing Tommy Curran's. There was a born ultimatum. Yeah, um, nice. And uh, yeah, if Kraft is intervening week one, that's not a good sign. I, I mean, he needs to. We we all saw what's going on there. And what bothers me, you know, and I hate to jump, I'm not jumping off any bandwagon. The Patriot way got us to where we got. But we don't like to air things out publicly, you know, quote, unquote. Yeah. Dude, when you bench your top receiver for every play of the game except two, you're airing it out publicly. And then he does that when he's on the field. It just makes it look so much worse. It makes it infuriating. Oh, you know Patricia took it personally, 100%. When you bench Malcolm Butler for the Super Bowl, that's airing it out publicly. And it's airing it out publicly in the worst possible way, what directly impacts the field. Like you said, you could have a meeting. You could have a players-only meeting. You could take care of stuff behind closed doors. Exactly. It's this weird middle school passive aggressive way they approach things and they say, oh, you're not going to play this game because you didn't do what I wanted to do. Dude, you guys need to have a meeting one on one, group on group. I don't care, but you got to figure your shit out. And I'm sorry for cursing. The way we're approaching things right now isn't working anymore. Period. It's not just this year. It's not just one game. This isn't a knee jerk reaction. We've seen it over the past few years and we've seen it sprinkled in. It's cost us a Super Bowl in the past. It cost Tom Brady an eighth Super Bowl, period. And and in that in that game, a perfect example is Tom almost still bailed us out of that with putting up a 500-yard oh. passing game. We don't have the wiggle room to make these kinds of to, – to take the best players off the field. Figure it out. Um, yeah. the, the next uh, headline topic is Mac Jones. Uh, there was an injury scare. His back getting x-rays. Hopefully it was just – back spasms and whatnot. Um, He was on the field in full practice yesterday, but then he's sick today. Do you have any concerns about Mac Jones? Yeah, I saw him on the field practicing his uh, handshakes. What was it with Damian Harris? Who is he practicing his handshakes? Yeah, Damian Harris. Damian Harris, yeah. Uh, Out sick today. Very, very strange. Uh, Any other position, if you you missed from a a couple games or practices because of a back injury and then you were sick, you would be a healthy scratch that week, period. Uh, We're not going to do that with Mac Jones. I'm worried, man. I'm worried. We're going against one of the top defenses in the league this week. I know TJ Watt's going to be out, but that team with Casey uh, Hayward is no slouch. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned, to be honest. How about you? Um, No, uh, not health-wise. Health-wise, I think Mac's fine. Uh, I don't know about this sickness thing. I, I would, starting yesterday and before, I don't think the back injury is a real injury. I mean, I think he was – Worried because he had pain yeah. and whatnot. Oh, no, and, no, not health. I'm talking preparation-wise. Yeah, preparation Well, I want to touch on a couple of the offensive issues once we walk through the offense here in a second. Um, but let, let's start on that then. Let's go. Let's briefly mention Ty Montgomery goes on the IR. Um, you know, he, he was important, but I, I almost am happy about not for his sake, but Belichick has this thing where he loves the guy who's just going to do what he tells him. So he likes the old veteran. I want these guys to play. I want Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris getting the, they're much more explosive players. Um, I want to see what the strong can do. I want some of these other guys to play. So it might be a nice thing to have Montgomery out of the way there. Um, Let's go to, to how the offense looked in the game. Um, I think a, a lot of people's what they see on first watch, some blown blocking assignments, um, kind of really hurt, killed the game for us. But if you look at the numbers, just in terms of actually blocking, the, the offensive line did a great job. There are just a few plays that the communication left someone running free. And uh, that really hurt. I mean, from the the fumble six, the strip sack touchdown, which, you know, pretty much is the game-changing play, um, to the play that Mac got roughed on. Actually, let me play that play. Oh, it's kind of a good example. Sodden, uh, let's take a look at that. One of the big things here is clearly look at the blocking assignments get blown. Mac is trying to communicate something, moves the guy in motion, and they're just all confused. And then he gets killed. Oh, God. You can tell, though. See, he brings that guy in motion. He's trying to communicate two blitzes off both sides. Yeah, he doesn't know which guy to pick up. Um, it seems like no one knows who to block on the edges there. Both guys no. end up coming free off the edge. Well, we, I mean, they sent more than we had. It was just, a, it was just, it wasn't the pre pre snaps uh, moves weren't. I mean, when you bring that many guys too, you should be able to identify that as a receiver 
check a hot route and do a yep. little in, in cut because you're gonna have single coverage no problem it goes back to the point that we don't have proper communication we don't have explosive dudes that can create that kind of space especially with born on the bench uh just nothing worked you know the pre-snap read was there but we didn't adjust as as quickly as we needed to and then we panicked so yeah, I think I think one of the ma- I mean the major issue that really hurt the most in that game was communication on on blitzes on some of those blocking assignments. I think the actual blocking was good for the most part in the game. People were winning their one-on-one battles. Yeah, you um, can't block two was, guys. It, they picked up It was the letting a guy up. come flying in untouched free on a few big plays. Um, you, can't, you can't blame the O-line. It's five dudes. You can't ask them to block seven. Period. Yeah, and I I don't know if I let's just say the thing they need to fix. One of the major factors is the communication, um, whether it's from Mac Jones, whether it's from Matt Patricia, whether it's from Andrews. And I think the tackle guard communication was a lot of it. It looked like, um, but communication on some of these blitz assignments was a major factor. Um, as far as the offense goes overall, uh, I really liked the way the running game looked, especially on both the outside pitches and the inside handoffs. Mm-hmm. The stretch handoffs look terrible. No, uh, they all, those, but the pitches look great. Straight out of the Josh McDaniels fourth and one playbook, the stretch handoff, man. It it's just such a long developing play. In my opinion, it does not have a much of a place in the current NFL system. We 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 really enjoy it, and it never works. Uh, and one quick thing, the line did have a good game. I didn't think Trent Brown had a very good game. No, Trent, Trent Brown. Brown when I listed my, uh, I listed like the players I thought had real bad games, like the. Real, real bad and players that I thought had real good games. Uh, Trent Brown had the worst game. Um, Trent Brown had some good run blocks, but overall he was lost out there. He, he, he just let people go on a few plays. Um, he gets a hold on, on a, on a fourth down that we go for where they only rush three and he still gets a holding on a three man rush. Uh, Trent Brown had a terrible game. Um, Hopefully that improves. He was out uh, today. He was limited practice today with an ankle all of a sudden. Um, he was already talked about in the offseason as as a bit of a whiner and having some issues. And we know he quit on uh, on San Francisco before. So mm-hmm. he scares me a little bit in his, his buy-in sort of. Um, yeah, Trent Brown had a real bad game. Do uh, you want to roll with some other? I mean, are we going to stick to yeah, this? Yeah, let's talk about it. Let, let's yeah. go through the offensive stuff. Um, I, I actually, let me t- say one guy I thought had a great game and is a standout player for this team. I put a little highlight of him. Let's look at Jacoby Myers. Back in the backfield along with Jones. And Jones going to throw. This side of the field, and it is caught by Jacoby Myers. It's an assignment bust that has led to that pressure. Down the far sideline. And grab. Did he bring it down? Jacoby Myers, what a catch. Jones with time delivers over the middle and that is complete across midfield. So, I mean, Jacoby Myers clearly the most reliable receiver on the team. That third play is what I want to see more of those across the middle first down pickups. Um, what what do you think about in, what players look good to you on offense? Myers to me was the standout um, along with Damian Harris, who I think should have got more touches. Yeah, Damian Harris had a nice game, you know, 5.3 yards per average. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, not a great game, actually. He was only averaging about three yards a rush. Uh, they they kind of did that thing, though, where they don't really – he's clearly not the bell cow, so they didn't give him, you know, consistent touches. It was kind of a here-and-there type thing. Uh, so I think I don't think we can hold that against him. He had them. two of the big losses on those stretch handoffs, which, yes, it, which were killer. I mean, I don't know, man. I hate blaming the running back for those. When you got when the defense has a you know, four second head start on you, it just it bugs the crap out of me. Uh, offensively, you know, it's it's it, boy, it's hard to find guys that did a great job. Uh, two guys that stood out to me was Jacoby Myers, of course, as always. He was our leading receiver. He just does his job. The guy comes in day on does his job. Uh, the other guy I thought really did a great job was uh, he was consistent on 50% of the plays he played. Kendrick Bourne, <laughs> one catch for 41 yards. Isn't that the case? Offense. Jones coming deep on this side of the field, and he's got a man open. That's com- you know what? Saying- that play, I can't stop watching that play because in my mind, hey, he might play every play next game. And yards uh, yards per play is pretty goddamn good right there. He's averaging of, 20 and a half. And the next play, play after that play, Aguilar over the middle fumbles and boom, they we're all done. 
So that brought me to my next point. Uh, that's as much, that's, that's the highlight. Let's stick to the offense. That's the highlight of the offense right there. The negatives. And we can harp all day on that. You mentioned Aguilar with a fumble. Uh, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, Jonu Smith, eight catches combined for 81 yards. Those guys are the second, third, and fourth highest average salaried players on our team. I repeat, those are the second, third, and fourth highest salaried average guys on our team outside Matthew Judon. We are paying those guys the vast majority of our salary cap. Eight catches for 81 yards, not to mention a fumble. I feel yeah. like a broken record. We, we, I mean, I, I, what's the point of saying it anymore? I can but pull we gotta pop. have more. I can pull a slight positive out of those guys, which is one. I thought Aguilar actually looked fast out there uh, for the first time. Um, I once he fumbled, I was you know I was ready to strangle the man. Uh, he's just an infuriating player. He's an infuriating player. Jonu Smith um, got the ball in space, and that guy is really good with the football. He's just terrible at getting open. He can't get. He can't. <laughs> It's separation. Once he has the ball, he's fantastic. It's a weird thing that's in, also infuriating. Um, but I like the way he looked with the ball. Uh, and then Hunter Henry just was kind of non-existent. Uh, I mean, two, two for twenty. We throw that dumb duck up to him. Uh, my, let me say this about the offense: the thing that frustrated me the most, especially on a rewatch, Mac Jones is best. Um, ability last year. What and because of what is our strength? Our strength is our running backs, our running game, our blocking on the runs. We have a good run blocking offensive line. Was play action. Mac Jones was second yeah. in the league in QBR on play action last year. We ran two play action plays in that entire game. How I don't understand that. Where is the mixing it up? Where is the making the other team commit to stuff? We had no misdirection, no play action. This is what I mean by the offense was very vanilla. Uh, there was nothing to really challenge the other team. No, no trickery. It, it was really infuriating. Um, and I just don't get why there was no play action out there in the whole game. Our offense last year was predicated around, you know, the classic run first, open up the play action. Simple. Your run game is going to open up the pass game. It doesn't work if you don't utilize that. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Who's calling? I mean, Matt Patricia's calling plays out there, but Bill Belichick's got to have a hand of this. I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know why Bill. I don't know why Belichick's letting Matt Patricia run the show at Bench Bourne like that. If that's the case, which I assume it is, otherwise it, it's it's nonsensical. It yeah, we've tried really sense. hard uh, all all summer to not get too uh, hyperbolic about this whole offensive play calling situation and Matt Patricia and all that, but um, yeah. And and I don't have a lot of issue. Like I liked the script to start the game. I liked the game plan as in general. But I mean, on fourth and short, third and short, we're throwing lollipop passes down the field, down the sideline that are 50-50 at best. Uh, most of them not even that. There just didn't and and we're not using any misdirection, no play action. There's just there seemed to be just a real lack of imagination in the play calling. Um and it was very frustrating. And I think this team has so much potential to use. We have so many guys, but we are not, we don't have a guy who's just going to break it open. So you have to get a little creative in the actual design of plays and play calling. And that wasn't there. And that can be very frustrating. And if Matt Patricia on top of that is, is holding grudges and doing shit, I, I just have no time for it. I mean, you mentioned the first drive. It was, it looked great. Obviously things were clicking. The communication was there. Everything looked good, but Mac Jones clearly saw blitz and he decided to throw that vert. First of all, completely unnecessary to throw it. But if you're going to throw that vertical route, you have to overthrow it. It's either yes. got to be your guy or in the dirt past the back of the end zone. In no way, shape, or form can that thing be even a flicker underthrown. I don't care if there was pass interference on the play, which there was. The fact that that ball was available for a pick by being underthrown is inexcusable. And I know it comes down to execution, but you got to know better than that. You got to know when you're clicking like that, if you happen to overthrow it by five yards, who gives a crap? You're clicking, yep. you're moving, you're going to get three points. No you got to put it outside and deep or, or exactly. You got to be putting that sucker at the pylon. Yeah. Uh, 
it was, I mean, uh, you call it lack of execution all you want. A lot of people coming out of college and Mac Jones didn't have the arm to complete those balls. That throw made him, made those, He didn't step into that throw. Right. And there was another yeah. deep throw on the sideline that he didn't step into. And both of those came up short. Um, mm. I think part of that might be a, a little lack of confidence in the blocking. So he's happy he's short arming him. Yep. Um, that play though. Uh, one thing I noticed watching Mac in this game was he was very locked into his first target. Um, a lot. And and that worried me that part of the play calling is they're telling him who to throw to, where I think Mac mm-hmm. is better when he's making the adjustments, he's seeing the field, he's making choices. You know, some like, do that a little, but there was a bunch of times where he was very locked into one guy. It was like in Matt was it Madden 08 when they had QB vision. Yeah, it was QB vision. coning. Yeah. Yeah, when you have QB cone, yeah. <laughs> when you basically if you didn't throw to your primary receiver, you were screwed because you had to move your hand to the right joystick and move it over is ridiculous. Um, but it, not to mention the fact we're throwing jump balls to Devonte Parker. Are you freaking kidding me? Well, fun fact, Connor, uh, <laughs> Matt Patricia, it made the Devonte Parker trade. He's the one who acquired him. He's like Matt Patricia's guy. That's so true. when Belichick gave him authority to do contracts and like be part of football operations, uh, uh, grow, grow said, Matt Patricia was pivotal in us getting Devontae Parker. So you wonder, is Patricia like, that's my guy, and I'm going to force throws to him and whatnot. And uh, if, he's playing favorite, <laughs> if he's playing favorites, does that mean he's maybe playing uh, unsavories? Born. I think we're being a little unfair to Patricia at this point. Um, oh, it's – oh, no, it's okay. But, he's, he's been unfair I'll to I'll tell you what, give me two more weeks of this, and there won't be any more uh, room for – Room for uh, charitability toward Matt Patricia. I'm going to give him another oh, I'm week, already or two, ready, baby. and then I'm, I'm going to be ready. fully out on it because um, it was already asking a lot of us to trust this decision to let him run the offense and the offensive line at the same time, which is absurd to me. Um, but you mean the, the disgraced former defensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> right, but let, before we move on to defense, let me give one guy credit for one play. Watch uh, Mike Unwenu on this play, hmm. right guard. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, chip and go, <laughs> baby! Look at that guy. Okay, he he did he needed credit for that. He combo blocks the right, comes in and just trucks a dude with a bench press. Chip gets go, Harris baby. a nine yard carry. There was some really good run blocking out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harris, I love Harris. His ability to see the hole to make cuts. We got to use him more. Um, I think he looked really good, and I just don't think he got the ball enough later in the game. I weirdly think we need to use Stevenson and Harris more. I don't think they're hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I don't think for some reason I don't think they're they were showing uh, enough love in the last game. Uh, not to mention, if you start you know giving those guys the ball a little bit, it's going to open up the uh, play action. So we just got all right. Let's move basics. on to the to the more positive part, which is the defense. We're going to have a few issues with it, but the defense gave up thirteen points um, for the most part held everything in front of them, held, held Miami in check. Uh, they made one really big mistake on a fourth and seven on the Waddle touchdown. Um, but overall, the defense really played pretty damn good. If you give up 13 points, you should win the game. Um, what are your overall thoughts about the defense? Boy, you take that fourth and seven away where we decided to run into each other. Uh, you know, that's single digits. I thought the defense played great. Uh, people forget this, this, this Dolphin team, you know, I don't think two is anything special, but my God, are they high octane. They have some. They have. They might have the two best weapons in the game, and Tyreek Hill. Which, my God, they really are utilizing the hell out of him, aren't they? Hey, and, can we give Jonathan Jones credit? Jonathan Jones yeah. did a fantastic oh. job of keeping that man in front of him, and Duggar's uh, c- closing and tackling on him too. So, but real quick, Jonathan that's Jones my, did a phenomenal job. Jonathan Jones played an unbelievable game. Jalen Waddle doesn't. That fourth and seven, man. I, I mean, just. No reason to harp on it. We know what we did wrong. Well, let's harp on it for a second. Let's harp on the fourth and seven. I've got it here. Um, I got two complaints on the fourth and seven. Okay. So the Just play two? before was the third and 13. Uh, Adrian Phillips gets hurt. So Adrian Phillips gets hurt on it. So we go into a timeout. So this is a timeout before this fourth and seven. One big theme that stuck out to me in this game was the Patriots coming off of timeouts, making huge mistakes. Huge. Which isn't like a so one fourth and one timeout and Carl Davis jumps offside. That was devastating. This fourth and seven timeout. We come out and we play cover one with Kyle Duggar as the free safety and Jawan Bentley as the middle coverage linebacker. That's a disaster. 
a disaster waiting to happen. Now watch this play Lack unfold. Speed. Watch this play unfold. And you realize Duggar is not a free safety. Over the middle, got his man. And look at him go! Jalen Waddle for the touchdown! Over the middle, got his man. Now, Jalen Mills, that's some lazy-ass cornerback play there. But well, he knew he had help in the middle. He just forgot that the help in the middle was slow as molasses. Was, was slow and not pass coverage, guys. I, why are those the two people covering the middle of the field on fourth and seven? Those are the literally the two guys that are complete run stuffers that are playing the middle of the field. Jalen Mills is playing trail there. He, yeah. he was doing his job. I wish, yeah, you call it lazy, but he, he, he was supposed to have help. Juwan Bentley, you know how I feel about him. He's the slowest dude on the floor. But he's a nice run stuffer, but this is a pass. Fourth and seven. There's 27 we, seconds left. Why do we have why do we have our runs, a run package in our fourth and seven with Kyle Duggar playing free safety? That guy's main and role Devin is to McCourty, come up into the box. Devin McCourty is on the field up in press man coverage on the bottom side of the screen. So yeah. uh, why are those two aren't flipped is beyond me. Devin and, McCourty has to be the, the, the safety back. I don't, understand why, I don't understand why Bentley has primarily center of the field responsibility. Well, That's got to be a Wilson. Mac Wilson, Mac Wilson, Wilson exactly. isn't on the field That's there. That's why Mac Wilson me. needs to be there, 100%. Uh, give me Raekwon. I don't care. Uh, it can't be it can't be molasses, Jawan Bentley. It, so uh, my number one takeaway defensively is the team played really well. The scheme was good. The coverage was good. The execution was good. There were some personnel decisions mm -hmm. in moments that really hurt, and that's one of them. Bentley also got toasted two other times that uh, that um, Tua made bad throws on. Uh, so Bentley being out there on passing downs is just terrifying. Um, I'd remember also when, like remember, to remember when him and Hightower, him? him and Hightower were on the field together last year. I want to crap my pants. Yeah, it was the worst. Don't get me wrong. I like Juwan Bentley, uh, nice player, but he just he he can't be on an island out there in coverage. He's not. He's 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 he's, a, he's literally a middle linebacker from the 1960s. He's Dick what Buckus. else did you take away he, defensively from that? He can game. stop the A gap, and that's about it. Uh, it's funny we mentioned that Kyle Duggar being on the field, making a tough play, running into them. I thought he was our defensive MVP of the game, man. Uh, he he shouldn't be asked to be single high on those game on those plays. Yeah, that one's not on. I mean, no. it is on him, but that's just not his skill. That's not. Yeah, no, that dude, Kyle Duggar, was flying around, making plays. Uh, I thought, as we posted on our Twitter, he was our defensive player of the game, followed closely by Dietrich Wise. I thought Dietrich Wise came out and proved that he is the next dude on this team. He, I thought he had a little bit better game than Judon. Dude, he looked like Willie McGinnis out there. Yeah, like, it, it, his yeah, size, did. he's gotten so much bigger. And, and he was really dominating off the edge. He, he looked fantastic. Oh. Yeah, if we get teams starting to key in on him, freeing up Judon a little bit, and with our interior line, teams are going to have a real hard time this year. We just need to make sure that we got the right personnel in there because we can't have Juwan Bentley covering the middle of the field like that. We just can't. no. I I also thought Judon did have a very good game. Judon put a lot of pressure on. He had the one big sack on a, a kind of schemed up sack there. Mm -hmm. um, but I did love. I mean, Wise was awesome. You're right about that. I think awesome. Wise is the biggest. Um, you know. Uh, Boom from lat like growth, like it just looked like immediately this guy's gotten a lot better. Uh, so that was exciting. Um, something that stood out to me negatively is I uh, get Miles Bryant off the field and let and let the rookies play. Yep. I, I the one play that Jack Jones got beat on, he had the interception, he just didn't realize Tyreek Hill's a freak. Uh, that one, you know, you can't <laughs> that, that was a credit. grown that was a grown man taking the ball away. <laughs> give credit to Tyreek Hill on that, but I like Jack Jones. I, I want him out there more than Miles Bryant. Miles Bryant mm -hmm. just can't he can't cover. He can't cover, and and we had him out there returning kicks. Dude, just give it to Marcus Jones. Come on, guys. Let's 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 yeah, why let's... did we draft Marcus Jones? I, I don't know. That guy was a pure purely a special teams player when we drafted him. Uh, look, Miles Bryant is great depth guy. He can go in, play, you know, play secondary. You can return a kick if you need him to. If someone gets hurt, you can step right in. He's got a little too much playing time for my liking. He certainly belongs on the 53-man roster. He certainly yeah. belongs on, on the game day roster. But I would, like I said, I would absolutely, I feel, I don't like how much we're agreeing today. It makes me nervous. But I, I completely agree. Some of these rookies need to see the field a little better. I get it's week one. Hopefully in week two, they can see something a little bit, a uh, little more playing time. Not to mention, we're playing against Mitch Trubisky this week. This is a nice little dip your toe in the water game. We ain't out there playing Aaron Rodgers. That's later. Uh, and and Lamar Jackson. Oh, those are our next two opponents. Those are very soon. <laughs> yep. Um, but, so I think both of us agree. My biggest issues defensively are personnel in moments. 
um, not scheme or execution. The defense looked really good. Yeah, and uh, you got to give them credit for keeping Tyree Kill in front of them and Jalen Waddle except one play. Uh, my one other personnel issue that I rewatched this film twice, like a lunatic. My one big thing that stood out to me was Raquan McMillan was slow reacting, um, especially to the running back out of the backfield on passing plays. There were three times that Chase Edmonds came out of the backfield and he was McMillan's guy. McMillan just didn't get there. Um, I like Mac Wilson a lot better than him. I wanted Mac Wilson out there more. Mac Wilson commits a lot quicker. He might make more mistakes because of it, but he's just so much faster around the field. McMillan was very slow reacting to the backside of the backfield. That just stood out to me because there was two plays in a row where Chase Edmonds came out of the backfield. McMillan just wasn't there, and you could tell it was his guy because he he got there eventually. But um, McMillan was a little lost in the shuffle in the middle of the field. That's funny, man. Yeah, no, that's funny because I think one of the one of the takeaways from the preseason was how McMillan was flying around the field. You wonder if the bright lights got to him. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe. I think a a a hesitation. You know, a lot of times a linebacker like that, when you haven't been the guy, um, you hesitate because you don't want to make a mistake. So you're thinking a little too much. Uh, Mac Wilson seems like a dude who just plays with reckless abandon, sort of like Kyle Duggar does, Mm -hmm. um, which can cause you to make some mistakes. Uh, but also can cause you to blow up a lot of plays, which you saw both of from Kyle yeah, Duggar. There you go. Um, whereas McMillan was was very slow reacting to a lot of plays. Uh, but, you know, that might be something he works his way out of. I just would rather have Mac Wilson out there as the primary guy more often. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i be interested to see how the playing time uh, comes out this week. Who was calling defensive plays, by the way? Do they? We ever even get I think it's on? Steve. I'm not positive on that, but I think it's I, it's a mix of both of them. I think it's Steve Belichick, though. Okay. Um, so that pretty much is the is the uh, the Miami game. Um, any other major takeaways you have from it? We're on to Pittsburgh. We're on to Pittsburgh, baby. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off of a win against Cincinnati, in which they forced the Bengals to turn the ball over five times. They blocked an extra point. The Bengals missed an extra point to win the game, a field goal to win the game. Somehow, the Pittsburgh turned them over five times. I think the Bengals uh, still had multiple kicks to win the game. Um, So my big takeaway is Pittsburgh's offense is terrible. Yeah, it sure is. Which could be a really good sign for us. Uh, the defense, we, we, we'll talk about the offense real quick. Yeah. Uh, they're deep. We know that uh, George Pickett's had a horrible game. He got locked down. And I don't think Cincinnati's secondary is anything to write home about no. defense is fine. Uh, but it's not, I don't think it's, I wouldn't, I right now I wouldn't put it in the top 10. Uh, they got Deontay Johnson and Trace Claypool. I don't think we're having a problem matching up with these dudes. I don't think either of these guys are really, uh, they're definitely not Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Uh, Najee Harris is banged up and, yep. We were talking off camera before. Uh, I said, who the hell is their backup this year? Who's Jalen Warren? I have absolutely no idea who that is. And then Benny Snell. uh, This is a team without a lot of weapons available on offense. I think the defense is going to come out and feast this week. This is also a team with a terrible offensive line Mm -hmm. and a, a quarterback who, if you keep him in the pocket, is very bad. The one mistake you can make with Mitch Trubisky is to let him get outside the pocket and make make some plays on the run where he's actually not a bad player that way. But a, a, a stat on him, he was three for 14 on, on third downs against the Bengals this past week. And to win a game where you did that is incredible. Um, it's part of the factor of why a team that scored on defense and had five turnovers was still in a tie game at the yeah. end. Uh, their offense was bad. And I think the Patriots defense is a lot better than Cincinnati's defense. So I think we can take advantage. I think it's a huge, thank God for our offense that TJ Watt is not playing in this game because miscommunication in the offensive line with a guy like that, you're going to, you're going to get in big trouble. Um, They got to worry about, they got to worry about some of the playmakers on Pittsburgh's defense, but without Watt in there, I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick is a monster. Um, yeah, but I, I still mean, think the Patriots can move the ball on this team. Just don't turn it over. And I think the defense should be able to force some turnovers this week. They got a nice D line, man. Still with TJ Watt out, they still got Hayward, uh, Alu Alu, Ogan Joby, uh, Miles Jack, and Devin Bush. They got a nice defense, man. Yeah. Around, across the board, they don't even need too many weak spots. Uh, losing TJ Watt obviously is going to hurt. It's gigantic. You know, I mean, he's the best of, player in the football, one of the best football. defenders in the game. 
having said that, I think we'll be able to move the ball a little bit on this team. I think if we commit a little bit more to play action, establish run play action, uh, we can get the catch of these guys a little bit, uh, keep them on their toes. Uh, we do know that this is probably going to be a very low scoring game. In fact, so does Vegas. The over under right now on this game is 40 and a half. 40 and a half. Just for reference, the game. And I right might now, like the under. Uh, yeah. The game right now starting in about five minutes. Uh, Chargers Chiefs, the over under is 54. So yeah. this is two touchdowns lighter than the game tonight. So Vegas, and obviously, uh, Vegas seems to like the Patriots a little bit in this one, too. Right now, we're a two point favorite. On Doesn't the that feel like th- that actually makes me feel really good about the Patriots? Because you know, with that line, the public is going to bet Pittsburgh like crazy. With how reactionary the public is and the game being in Pittsburgh. Uh, With them coming off of beating the AFC champions and, I and us dumping ourselves against Miami. I'm blown away. I thought it'd be Pittsburgh minus three. Uh, right now we're sitting Patriots minus two. That line makes me love the Patriots. It really I think, does. I think our defense is going to clamp down this week. Uh, I think we're going to do a great job against them. It's going to be a low-scoring affair. I still think it goes over. To, uh, 40 and a half is just so low. I mean, you, you – you get a 23-20 ball game, you, you you eclipse the line. I really hope we come out and, and put a little more out there on offense. Take a little more play action, misdirection. Get, make some things happen. Try and find yourself some easy chunk plays here and there. Steal a couple from them. Um, we did nothing, none of that, and I'd like to see us just, you know, steal a couple long plays but with either misdirection or or, or something funky or some mm-hmm. good play action. We got to give Mac more opportunity <laughs> With the defense, uh, not just back dropping into coverage, knowing what's coming. I mean, we could do something crazy this week. Like, I'd like to see us come out and do something absolutely nuts, like uh, play Kendrick Bourne. I think that is something that, that would could be really wild. throw a wrench in there. That could really throw a wrench in there. <laughs> yeah. you, Kendrick yeah. Bourne. Well, he's <laughs> averaging he's averaging twenty yards a twenty play and a half yards a play, yeah. forty one yards a target. So yeah, I, I think we're going to see Bourne. I really hope we get a good, healthy dose of both running backs. Um, and I think our defense should have a big game. Uh, Zach's coming out here trying to throw some salt in our wounds here. Shocker. Yeah, shocker. Um, hey, historically, we own the Steelers. Uh, this isn't – oh, fun fact, fun fact I saw today. This is the first Patriots-Steelers game that doesn't feature Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger since 1998. Does that blow your mind? It was Bledsoe versus Cordell Stewart. Wow. Cordell, my goodness. 1998. We were nine years old. We were nine years old. Isn't that that insane? And there have been some great ones in between. I mean, so many great ones. Couple AFC championship games. Pittsburgh doesn't want to think about those. Um, Yeah. Historically, the Patriots in in this run have really kind of owned Pittsburgh. But I mean, Pittsburgh has had it, has been. Other than the Patriots, the most consistent team over the last 20 years in football. 100%. They're a very well-run organization. They stick to their coaches. They do the right things. Uh, it come, A lot of times it just comes down to having a great owner, and I think that the uh, Pittsburgh organization really reflects a lot of what the Patriots organization does. So they've seen a lot of success. One big difference is we had Tom Brady. So. That was huge. It was a good guy to have. Uh, Gronk oh, yeah. always owned Pittsburgh, too. Gronk oh. just absolutely dominated Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, the Patriots were always great against those, those Dick LeBeau style blitzing zone mm-hmm. defenses. Cause Brady was so good at picking those. <sighs> He'd just identify them immediately and then just make the quick one step. He turned a half step drop and throw. Yep. So, uh, I guess, I mean, that about summarizes our, our, uh, our breakdowns. What do you, what are you picking for this game? Patriots. I mentioned it earlier. 23, 20. 23-20 Patriots, I like that. I'm going with the Patriots as well. I think the Patriots come out and win this game 24-16. to 24-16, Patriots win. They need this win desperately. We we come back home after against Baltimore. Um, this is a big game for, for the Patriots. They need to win this game. I think there's also the factor of Pittsburgh coming off a big win while losing some guys to injury that it might be, even though it's their home opener, a bit of a letdown. Um, and the Patriots come out on fire because of all of the just firestorm they're under in the media right now. I think they're going to be motivated. They got to win this game. Um, so I like the Patriots to win it 24 17. Defense to turn over Trubisky two or three times um, yep. and, and really get after it. Uh, and, and I think Mac Jones is going to take a little bit to heart here. Hopefully, they give him some better opportunities. Uh, Fat Patricia gets his head out of his ass. I'll tell you what, though, man, I don't mean to be that guy, but if we drop this game and go 0-2, 
next to opponents, like I mentioned earlier, Ravens and Packers, things ain't looking so good. Yeah, but then we get uh, it's like Lions, Bears, Lions, Browns, Lions, mm-hmm. Jets. It's it, it, we get Browns. four in a row that are all winnable mm-hmm. games. Yeah, oh, well, and Browns and Browns. Let's yeah. let's go two and two against these first four. Then let's not drop to zero and two. I would really like to get get to one and one. Let's get to one and one. Uh, there it is. All right. Um, do you have a Boston sweep for oh, me? You know I got. Come on, man. What kind of question is that? You know right, I got let me a Boston throw up sweep. Our Boston sweep onto the board here. Let me get rid of the uh, the game. We're going Boston sweep. What do you got? All right. Boston sweep. Let's go from one heartache to another. The Red Sox. I don't know if you watched the game yesterday. Gave the Yankees a little league uh, home run inside the park against uh, a guy who's playing center field who didn't belong out there. We've, we've done that. The Red Sox have done that a few times this year. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. First question. Could the Red Sox beat our 11-12 all-star team? Um. Uh, something we play, tells we me we played on the same one. We went to the state championship. We did a nice uh, job. Yeah, yeah. I think we, not right now. Not right now. I think we'd give them. You just got to put the ball in play to the outfield. Um, uh, I mean, they are. It's so embarrassing what they're putting out on the field right now for a two hundred twenty million dollar uh, uh, payroll. I mean, what what is this? That that play last night. Uh, the guy I've never heard of playing center field. Almonte, who, Danny Almonte. Who looked like a fullback. <laughs> Dude, yeah, big old uh <laughs> yeah, with his, his pants were <laughs> six inches too short. The Red Sox are so embarrassing right now, and the fact they're just helping the Yankees out to 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 be able to close out the division is also infuriating. It's that's hurt. That's what hurts. Yeah. Uh in one sentence, where do we go from here this offseason? Um spend money and spend it on pitching and also re-sign Raphael Devers. Mm-hmm. But you got to spend money on pitching. They got to get pitching. They bullpen and starting. Yep. Okay. Second thing up, the orange line has completed its work, but more shutdowns are coming to the T. Is there a worse public transit system in America than Boston? No, it's unbelievable. Dude, they keep derailing. They're like killing people right now. <laughs> it's actually like scary to get on one of these trains. <laughs> if you go to a, a T station right now, you have no idea whether it will be open, uh, whether it will just be a homeless infestation where they have moved in. Um, there, It's a total disaster. It's crazy. It's a wild system. Um They've spent so much money to have no result, like to get worse, to get worse. It's oh, so, the, so, crazy. The, so, so they're the Red Sox. Got it. There's people okay. jumping into the river off the train. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, goodness. All right. Final Boston sweep. Third one of the night. Aerosmith, Boston's own Aerosmith, currently starting a Vegas residency. I believe they're at the Park MGM. Oh, my. Uh, I would like to know from you what is the best band to come ever out of yeah to ever come out of Boston? We got Aerosmith, we got the namesake Boston, and don't sleep on those early two thousands pop punk guys. Little American Hi Fi, wow. yeah, that's <laughs> a throwback. That picture, that picture is incredible. I don't oh know God. who the lead singer is. I just remember he looked like Sunshine from Remember the Titans in that video. <laughs> those, pe- those are all the same guy. Yeah, I was gonna say, did they all purposely get it the same haircut? I, anyway. They they have someone on tour with them who cuts everyone's hair, <laughs> yeah, well, or doesn't cut their hair apparently. I mean, if uh, those are my choice, I'm trying to think of well, what other choices there are. Well, you got uh, Bell, you got Bell Devoe, uh, you got uh, it's Aerosmith. It's got to be Aerosmith. But um, get a little scared of the possibility of them. Uh, you know, are they they're doing the the Elvis? They're getting the residency, the Elvis, the the Britney Spears move. I mean, at least hey. they have. At least they are, they've really gotten their money. They've they've, it. They're, yeah. they're already borderline corpses. So. Yeah, you got the pixies, the cars. Uh, that actually leads into the second part of the question. Who is the Who would you want to see in a Vegas residency? Because I'd like to point out, I did see the greatest band of all time in Vegas at their residency, Blink-182, a couple of years ago. But that's great. not really a residency there. They had a residency. Did they? Okay. Yes, absolutely. They had a residency at the... I'm just picturing the, the, the like... You can't get out Elvis move, you know, but uh I mean they played there was a it was a loss. They didn't tour, they were in Vegas. It wasn't the OG lineup, unfortunately. But uh yeah, if you could see anybody in their Vegas residency, who would it be? 
I'd still go for the OG Elvis. That that would be sick. I mean, Did that he is do, the legend he, of so Vegas. He was the first to do it. He huh? created Vegas residencies. What, what wasn't Sinatra? I don't know. I'm just you know, know. Elvis died there, dude. They, they, Did he? They I know just had to move in, and he never moved out. I know he went to the bathroom and didn't come out. So yeah, they just yeah. moved him into Vegas and never let him leave. Jeez, him and Britney Spears, both prisoners oh, of Las Vegas. Jesus, yeah. prisoners of Las Vegas. Celine Dion setting the tone though. Give credit to her. She kind of established the new residency. Yeah, but Aerosmith, I mean, uh, I I would have liked to see them 20, 30 years ago, but uh, Steven That's... Tyler is a, for a, we've we've put up a few bands with uh, lead singers who've really, really lost their look. Uh, <laughs> it looks like the grandma at like a, a middle school soccer game that's like selling kombucha out of her garage. Yeah. Uh, best, best Aerosmith song. We'll leave it at that. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, mm. Give me yours. I got to think for a second. Uh, I don't know. Armageddon. <laughs> That's Don't Want to Miss a Thing. That's a great yeah. song. That's the only one that was coming into my mind. So I'll go with Don't Want to Miss a Thing. No, it's called Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Ben <laughs> Affleck and Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. He has a, he has a little animal cracker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fun, uh, if, you, if you've never seen it, the, the commentary track over Armageddon of Ben Affleck shitting on the entire concept of the movie. Yeah. One of the funniest things I've ever watched in it's my life. Hilarious. It's absolutely. He, he rips on Michael Bay. It's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Let's go watch. Uh, let's go watch Thursday night football. We got ball. Patriots Steelers this weekend. We're going to get positive again. Um, we got a bunch of other EMQ shows coming up this week. Friday Night Flight. You can watch Anthony spin zone the Jets into being a good team again. <laughs> Didn't uh, we just do that? Soul, the poor Dude, soul. Pretty sure um, we just did that with the Patriots. So. We don't have Joe Flacco starting starting this weekend. Do, do we? Do we? Um, okay. Nah. You put some respect on Mac Jones. <laughs> um, and uh, then Saturday, we got the Every Morning Quarterback breaking it all down for the weekend. We'll be back on that show to tell you how everything's going to go great for the Patriots. Um, like, and subscribe, follow us on, on all the social media, all that stuff. Uh, we'll see you next time.